Welcome to the very first program of Daily in the Word. My name is Jeffrey Clark, and I am the pastor of Desert Sunrise Church. I hope you will join me each week at this same time as we explore the Bible and discover the great truths contained therein. And it is my prayer that along the way you will experience the power of God's Word to change and transform your life. Now, I thought it would be good to begin our journey through the Word of God by examining a very familiar passage of Scripture. Over the weeks ahead, we're going to work our way through David's greatest psalm, Psalm 23. Most Christians, and even many who are not, can recall a verse or two from David's inspired imagery of the shepherd's love and care for his sheep. Let me refresh your memory by reading the 23rd Psalm. David, in this short six-verse psalm, draws from his experience as a shepherd to paint for us a portrait of how good the Lord has been to him. Beginning in verse 1 of Psalm 23, David writes, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23 has often been called the pearl of Psalms. If a poll were taken of Christians, it would likely be the most popular portion of the Bible. It has been a source of strength and comfort for many a weary pilgrim. It is, as one writer described it, a psalm for all occasions. It blesses us during the good times and helps us during the bad times. This psalm has been a companion at the fireside, at the bedside, and at the graveside. It has been the seed and source of many a sermon and viewed from various perspectives. In this program and in the weeks to come, I want us to think of Psalm 23 as the story of our journey in this life that will culminate and conclude with our dwelling in the house of the Lord. It is a story of our journey home to heaven. It is the story of the shepherd taking his sheep out early in the morning and bringing them back home by night. But I like to think of it as more than just a single day. The 23rd Psalm is actually the story of the believer's daily journey through this life on their way home to dwell in the house of the Lord. Or to put it another way, Psalm 23 tells us how to face the days ahead. It tells us how we can face life and all that we encounter in life until we reach our heavenly home. There is that day ahead, that joyous and glorious day when we will get home. But until then, there are the days ahead in the here and now of everyday living. These days are often anything but joyous and glorious. There are the sunny days in green pastures, but there are also the shadowy days of the valley. There are the days when we drink from the still waters, but there are also days when we will need oil for hurts. There are the days when our cups run over, 
but there are also the days when our cups are empty. How do we face these days, the days that are ahead? I believe that David's words in the 23rd Psalm tell us how to do exactly that. How do we face the days ahead? Well, David says that first and foremost, we must live every day with Jesus. Have you ever considered that Psalm 23 consists of 118 words, but 116 of those 118 words are devoted to explaining the first two words. The first two words, the Lord. You see, Psalm 23 is about more than green pastures, still waters, tables and cups running over. The psalm is about the Lord that makes us to lie down in green pastures and leads us beside still waters. It is about the one who prepares the table and fills our cups. The whole psalm is really a description of the Lord, who He is and what He has done. At the very beginning of the psalm, David shares how he faced life. And in so doing, he gives us the secret to facing the days that are ahead. What was David's secret? His secret was the Lord Himself. David was able to face life and all that he experienced in life with the Lord. Now, David's secret is, or at least should be our secret. Regardless of what may lie ahead in the days to come, we can face those days with the Lord. Beginning in verse 1 of Psalm 23, I want you to see with me how every day in the days to come can be faced with the Lord. First, let me suggest that we need to be amazed by the Lord's person. In the first verse, in the first words, David takes us to the Lord. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. No doubt when David picked up his pen and wrote those two words, the Lord, his heart was overflowing with praise and worship. His mind and heart were occupied with the Lord and the Lord only. That he wrote with awe and amazement is seen in the name that he chose to use to describe the Lord. The name Lord is the letters Y-H-W-H. It is pronounced Yahweh. Jehovah is the English translation of the name. So sacred was this name that the Jewish high priest would only pronounce it once a year and that in the temple. And even then, only behind the veil in the holiest of holies. Jewish people considered the name too holy to be spoken by human lips. If the name needed to be written, the scribes would take a bath and before they wrote it, take a new and unused pen, write the name, and then destroy the pen afterwards. I can imagine that David bathed himself, picked up a new pen, and then with a heart trembling in awe and amazement wrote, The Lord. Now the name David chose, Yahweh, is the personal name of God. God has many names, and they serve as descriptions and declarations of whom and what He is. But the name Yahweh, or Jehovah as we pronounce it, is the personal name of God. Moses was the first to learn this name during his encounter with God at the burning bush. There, God told Moses to return to Egypt and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. We read in Exodus 3.13, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? God's answer to Moses was, I am that I am. And thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, 
I am hath sent me unto you. What does this name mean? And what does it say about God? About David's God? About our God? First, it declares that the Lord is the uncaused God. The name Jehovah speaks of the self-existing one who has never had a beginning, the one who will never have an end. Understand this about God. He is the one who causes, but He Himself was never caused. He has ever existed and will ever exist. He was not created, nor was He born. He makes, but He was never made. I love the way that the preacher S.D. Lockridge described creation. He said, God stepped from behind the curtain of nowhere onto the platform of nothing and spoke a world into existence. The reason God came from nowhere is because there wasn't anywhere for Him to come from. And coming from nowhere, He stood on nothing. And the reason He stood on nothing was because there wasn't nothing on which to stand. And standing on nothing, He reached out where there was nowhere and caught something when there was nothing to catch and hung something on nothing and told it to stay there. Then standing on nothing, He took the hammer of His own will and struck the anvil of His omnipotence, and sparks flew everywhere. He caught those sparks on the tips of His fingers, and flung them into space, and bedecked the heavens with stars. And nobody said a word. The reason nobody said anything was because there wasn't anybody to say anything. So God Himself said, That's good. My friends, when there was nothing, there was God. Let me put it this way. There has never been a moment when He was not, and there will never be a moment when He is not. He is the uncaused God. Furthermore, the name tells us that He is the unchanging God. God said to Moses, Just tell them that My name is I Am. Now, if you or me were to call ourselves I Am, that would be an incomplete sentence. Someone would ask, You are what? We would have to add a descriptive word to the words I am, such as I am love, I am strong, or I am old. But in God's case, He needs no descriptive word because He always is. God is, and He is what He has always been. He never changes. The psalmist declare in Psalm 102, verse 27, But thou art the same. God said of Himself in Malachi 3, 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. When Lloyd Douglas, author of The Robe and other novels, attended college, he lived in a boarding house. A retired wheelchair-bound music professor resided on the first floor. Each morning, Douglas would stick his head in the door of the professor's apartment and ask the same question. Well, what's the good news? The old music professor would pick up his tuning fork, tap it on the side of the wheelchair and say, that's middle C. It was middle C yesterday. It will be middle C tomorrow. It will be middle C a thousand years from now. The tenor upstairs sings flat. The piano across the hall is out of tune. But my friend, that is middle C. Let me say that God is our middle C. Everything and everyone changes. The weather changes. People change. But God is the uncaused and the unchanging God. Now, when you think about the journey of life and the days that are ahead, does it not give you strength and courage to know that this is our God? David seems to say, you can face whatever our journey of life may bring 
Because our God is the Lord. How can we face the days that are ahead? Look not at the path. Look not at the surroundings or the circumstances. Look to the Lord and at the Lord. Let who He is and what He is fill your heart with strength and courage. He is a big God. Therefore, let Him become big in your heart. Too many people confine God to the box of their limitations and capabilities. How many times do I hear people say, well, that can't happen, or that's not possible because of this or that. I even hear Christians make such statements. But our Lord, Jehovah God is His name, is bigger and greater than time itself. Our God is a big God. Focus on Him during the journey of life and in the days that lie ahead. Always be in awe and amazed at the God He is. We can every day face the days that are ahead with this kind of God. And secondly, let me suggest that we need to be alert to the Lord's presence. Once David introduces us to the subject of his psalm, then he joyfully declares, The Lord is my shepherd. This Lord, the Lord, was very precious and personal to David. Why? Because he enjoyed with this uncaused and unchanging God, a special and tender relationship. He was his shepherd. The evangelist Angel Martinez described this relationship in this way. The Lord, the one who made the world and everything that is in it, the one who lit the taper of the sun and put the stars in their places, that's my shepherd. The one who threw a carpet of green grass upon the earth and tacked it down with beautiful flowers, the one who scooped up the valleys and piled up the hills, the one who took the song of the seraph and robed it in feathers and gave us the nightingale, the one who took the rainbow and wove it into a scarf and threw it about the shoulders of a dying storm, that's my shepherd. The same one who in the dawn opens the door of the morning and floods the world with light and beauty, that's my shepherd. At evening time, he pulls down the shade of night and shoots it through with sunset fire. That's my shepherd. And you know what? David's shepherd is our shepherd. What the Lord as shepherd meant to David as his shepherd, he can and should mean to us. What should the Lord as our shepherd mean to us? For one thing, as shepherd, he watches over us. The word that is used for shepherd simply means to tend the flock. It speaks of the role of the shepherd and his care for the flock. Throughout the 23rd Psalm, David describes how the Lord his shepherd cares for his flock. Each of these descriptions will provide for us in the programs to come wonderful lessons on how to face the days ahead. But briefly, let me point out the heavenly shepherd's care of the flock as found in the Psalm. In verse 2, we see him bringing his flock into green pastures and leading them to the still and peaceful waters. We see him in verse 3, attending the hurts and wounds of his sheep and leading them down paths of righteousness. In verse 4, we see him carefully guiding and guarding the sheep through dangerous terrain. All these actions describe how the shepherd, the Lord our shepherd, watches over his flock. What do the days ahead possess for us? No one but God knows. As I said earlier, there will be the green pastures, but there will also be, and no doubt will be, the valleys. 
Yet whatever the days ahead may bring, we know that the Lord is watching over us. A mother was putting her little four-year-old daughter to bed. The child was afraid of the dark, so when the light was turned out, the mother would lay by the child to calm her until she would eventually go to sleep. They both lay there one night, looking up at the moon that could be seen through the window. After a while, the little girl asked, Mother, is the moon God's light? Yes, the mother said. Then the little girl asked, Will God put out His light and go to sleep? The mother replied, No, my child, God never goes to sleep. Then the little girl said, Well, as long as God is awake, there is no sense both of us staying awake. Psalm 121 and verse 4 tells us that the God who keeps us will neither slumber nor sleep. As our shepherd, He is always watching over us and watching out for us. Furthermore, we are reminded that He walks with us. When David speaks of the Lord, he does not call Him the shepherd, though He is the shepherd of shepherds. He does not call Him a shepherd, although He is a shepherd. David says that the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord was very personal to David. He was the one that was with him, watching over him and walking with him. He states in verse 4 that he will fear no evil, for the Lord is with him. Can you call the Lord your shepherd? Can you say, the Lord is my shepherd? If so, then you can be encouraged by the fact that as your shepherd, He is not only watching over you, but also walking with you. We know that whatever the days ahead may hold, the Lord will be with us. In the green pastures and beside the still waters, we will enjoy His presence. I also remind you that if we must pass through a long and difficult valley, He will be there. There will never be a moment that He will not be with us. There will not be one day of the days ahead that we will have to face on our own. He will be there. He will be with us. As you face the days ahead, be alert to the presence of the Lord. He will be there every day, all the way. Lastly, let me suggest that in facing the days to come, be assured of the Lord's provision. What's, what does David declare the result of the Lord being his shepherd is? He concludes verse 1 by saying, I shall not want. One little boy in Sunday school was quoting Psalm 23 and said, The Lord is my shepherd, and that's all I want. I kind of like that translation. David declares that during his journey through life, the Lord his shepherd had met his every need. In the words, I shall not want, we see the sufficiency of the Savior. David was magnifying the one who had met his every need. We can face the days ahead knowing that the Lord can and will meet our every need. One writer took the 23rd Psalm and said, I shall not want rest. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I shall not want drink. He leadeth me beside the still waters. I shall not want forgiveness. He restoreth my soul. I shall not want guidance. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. I shall not want companionship. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. I shall not want comfort. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I shall not want food. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I shall not want joy. Thou anointest my head with oil. I shall not want anything. 
my cup runneth over. I shall not want anything in this life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall not want anything in eternity. For I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord will be with us and He will meet our every need. Therefore, we not only see His sufficiency, but also the satisfaction of the saint. David said, I shall not want. More literally, in the Hebrew, he said, there is no lack in my life. David speaks as one that is satisfied. On his journey in life, he could not have for anything more than the Lord himself. In him, the Lord, he had found all he needed. In the Lord, his every need had been met. I read the story of a little boy that loved pancakes so much, he made a glutton of himself. So his mother decided she would cure him. And one day, she offered to fix all the pancakes he could eat. She made him a big stack, and he ate every one of them. She made him another big stack, and he ate all of them as well. She made him a third big stack, and he ate them. After the third stack, she asked, Son, do you want any more pancakes? He looked at her and groaned, and then he said, No, Mom. In fact, I don't want the ones I've already had. You can be sure that during the days ahead, the Lord will provide all you need to face whatever the future may bring. What do the days ahead have in store for us? As I said earlier, only God knows. However, regardless of what the days ahead will be like, don't forget you have a glorious and unchanging God to trust in. Let Him occupy your heart and thoughts. Always be alert to the presence of the Lord. There will never be a moment when He will leave you or forsake you. Hebrews 13.5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He will always be there. As well, be assured of the provision of God. You do not have to want. There is no reason why you should lack what you need to face whatever the future holds. I think about a Puritan that sat down to a meal of bread and water. He bowed his head and then declared, All this and Jesus too. Every day in the days to come can be every day with Jesus. What more could you ask for in the days to come? Make the Lord the focus of your day and every day. And every day will be a glorious day of walking with the Lord. I hope you enjoyed our time in God's Word and that you will join me next week as we continue exploring Psalm 23. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you and may you discover and experience His constant goodness and abundant grace.